3: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think.
1: Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Welcome to the Bridge the Divide podcast with Erica Turner and Heidi Wheeler, Host and founders of the group Bridge the Divide Cedarburg. We hope to provide a forum for discussion and action around racial reconciliation. We seek to identify instances of inequality, foster empathy, and educate others to recognize their part in problems and solutions in Ozaki County and beyond. Welcome to our podcast. (laughs) How's that for an entrance? That was good. We do podcasts. (laughs) And today we have former Cedarburg School District students from 2012 and, well actually one is not former. We have two former students and one current student and we'll let you, we'll let them introduce themselves to you. Austin, you want to start?
2: Yeah, sure. So my name's Austin. I grew up in Cedarburg, and I went to Cedarburg schools K through 12. graduated in 2012.
3: As the valedictorian.
2: Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, maybe that, too. I'm kind of yeah, proud of that. It's okay.
4: fine. <laughs> uh, hi, my name is Annika Prickett. I am a current Cedarburg High School student. I'm going to be a senior this year, and I moved into the Cedarburg School District when I was in fourth grade, so I've been here since then. So,
1: okay. yeah. Welcome back,
4: Annika Yep. She was
3: she was on a former podcast with us about a mural that her and her friend Joshua mm-hmm. did.
4: Yes. At the high school. Yes, we did a two hundred forty foot, I believe, uh civil rights mural in twenty eighteen. And um yeah, it's been standing strong ever since. There's some new renovation space, so we never know what may be coming up, maybe.
3: Leave your, your mark on the on the school this yeah, year. you know. <laughs>
4: just like a little statement here and there. Little, little leave little tidbits. I like it. Hi,
0: behind. I'm Abby. Um, I have lived in Cedarburg my entire life as well. Um, I also did K through 12 here, and I graduated in 2012.
3: All right. And then we have Erica in the studio Woo-hoo! as well.
1: I graduated a, a few m- more <laughs> years ago than that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but I do have two of my three children that took some classes in the Cedarburg School District. Mm-hmm.
3: So, And I have four kids currently in the district. So here we are, and our focus today is really going to be, I think, on education and school. And as you know, we've mentioned on some other shows that we, as Bridges Divide, started a petition in June, early June, in response to a lot of the national events, the, um, George Floyd and, and all the other stories in the news. And finally, it became maybe a little less controversial to talk about race all of a sudden. I mean, that was my perception anyway. So we decided that maybe we should capitalize on that and call out um, our school district for staying silent. Mm
1: -hmm. And not, I think what happens is when when you're calling people out or calling people in, there's the defensiveness that just kicks in saying, are you saying that I'm a bad person? I'm not saying that. Am I saying that the system is rigged and nobody's looked at it and we have to dismantle racism? Yes. And that could include you and in some work that you have to do. So I think we, we always have to kind of sandwich our conversations around that so that people don't feel targeted, mm-hmm. you know, um, that we are trying to say something about them personally versus this. We're talking about it for Cedarburg because we live here. But this could this conversation could be at every single school district, at every single suburban school across the country. So.
3: Mm-hmm. And there's varying degrees of acceptance across the, the continuum and understanding. So we don't want to talk the whole time. We want to hear from our guests what it was like for you or what it is like for you in the district, both pros and areas where you think there's a gap or you think that things could be better. And especially, you know, if if you're out now and graduated, what... What changed for you? What did you realize when you got out? Maybe added perspective. And and even if you're
1: still in, um, what are you seeing? So just, we're ready for your stories. And we'll just, we'll come
4: back in just a second and,
1: and uh, get the stories from our alumni. Thanks.
4: All right, well, uh, this is Annika speaking, and I am, again, a current Cedarburg High School student. Um, so I think I have a few things to say about what the current climate is like actually like at the moment. And I can definitely say with regards to, like, the teaching staff and everything, we are definitely moving in a more progressive direction. Like, this past year, I took AP U.S. History. And even though it wasn't necessarily touched on, like, with great extent, but to be fair, not a lot of issues are, like, really covered in detail in that class. But there were lots of, like, indigenous people. There were, like, black issues covered. There were Asian American issues covered. Like, we covered a lot of the injustices that, like, usually get glossed over in a normal history class. So I think that that was, that's a really positive step. And also, I know for the past three years that I've been there, at least, um, a lot of the a lot of the social studies teachers, they are actually, like, really taking steps to try and, like, make people feel included and, like, actually educate the student body about black issues and just issues of people of color in general. Because I know Mr. Condon, he has, like, Mr. Condon, Mr. G, and a bunch of other teachers. They have a bunch of events for resource um, during Black History Month. And overall, it's just... The stu- the problem isn't necessarily about the teaching staff there. It's more about the general culture of Cedarburg, and it's about the school board. That's the main issue. Because we want to talk about these issues, and we want to have these conversations. And like I think we have the people who are willing to like step up and facilitate it. It's just we don't necessarily have a medium to do that all the time. So I think that's kind of speaking to the current state of to Cedarburg High School. Do you feel like
3: you represent the majority of students in your views, or...?
4: I know for personal experience in my grade, at least, we are extremely split, like in terms of like the political spectrum and just like in general with most issues. Like we have a class of 2021 group chat and like literally you can't bring up a single thing without us like just going at each other's throats. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. And like it's not like we want that either. Like we want to be like a kind of family union. Like we want to be close with each other. It's just we are so headstrong about so many issues. And it's like we just we can't have a common conversation with each other without like, insulting the other person, and it's mm-hmm. gotten to the point that it's just better to just leave it alone, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel
3: animosity in the classroom, or is it mostly... Oh, definitely.
4: So for, well, yeah. it's mostly... In most classes, I will definitely say we kind of have, like, it's similar to just, like, a don't ask, don't tell policy, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, we know each other's political stances, we know what we believe in, and it's like, if we can avoid that conflict at any cost, like, we usually just gloss over it completely Hmm. try and avoid it It which is is an issue in and of itself yeah it's not like that everywhere Mm -hmm. so that's a bummer
1: that it's like that it sucks like i want to like (laughs) because it because having the conversation what is it the uh the discord discourse without discord like Mm -hmm. you should be able to talk through peel off layers Mm -hmm. and then go "Hmm, okay Now we can still go out and have coffee, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe I'll sit at a different table and glare at you for a minute, but, (laughs) but it won't be some kind of long lasting, you know.
4: Yeah, 100%. And I think you touched on this earlier. You said that, like, um, you were talking about how, like, it's not necessarily that, like, you were a bad person because you have these biases, because I think that everyone has them. Mm -hmm. Like, we all have our implicit biases within ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily... That's not what makes you a bad person. What makes you a bad person is acting on those impulses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's our responsibility to educate other people about them and to kind of like bring them out and like make you realize like you're not a bad person because you have these thoughts that are in your head. Mm -hmm. It's part of society. Like we have them ingrained in our heads. It's just working past them and learning to do better. Mm -hmm. So, I think
3: about that all the time in in this work. A lot like with self-reflection, why I do it is to educate myself Mm -hmm. and to like have self reflection about my own biases. I'm not I, I've said it on the show before. I'm not perfect in my views on race. Mm-hmm. I saw a guy with dreads the other night on a trick bike and I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like and then I thought about it and I thought how do I why do I have that? Why did I think mm-hmm. that? Why did I think about that? Mm-hmm. How do I stop those kind of thoughts? Mm-hmm. How can I think about the systemic things that that keep me there? And so I think if we could be honest with one another about that in the classroom mm-hmm. wow what what mm-hmm. kind of leaders could we be putting out? yeah, got to be honest with
1: yourself first though, too right you know you so mm-hmm. the step the education is recognizing it in yourself and then going, "Oh, yes, I should not do that, but if you don't recognize it in yourself or try to pretend like it's not there, well, right. that's not why it was because he looked at me funny. He didn't look at you. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wasn't forced to have that viewpoint
0: until sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up in Cedarburg, it was if you get good grades, you play sports, do some kind of extracurricular, you're fabulous. You're mm-hmm. um, And then I got to college, and my professor said, Everyone in this room is a racist. Mm-hmm. And I was so offended. Were you? <laughs> I was so offended because coming from here, I'm like, No, I'm not. There's Mm -hmm. no way I am. And I was ready to drop the class. I was totally ready to just, like, say peace. Mm -hmm. I'm out. And I stayed in it, and it is the best class I've ever taken. Mm -hmm. Um, Tony Tran was the professor, and he was phenomenal. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's the first person that made me call out my biases. Mm
1: -hmm. What was that class called? Was it a? Race and Ethnicity in the Media. Okay. Oh, Mm mm-hmm
0: i want i think oh man something it's been like a hot that. minute but yeah
1: what what made you <laughs> somebody's gonna be fact checking now and they'll how, call yeah, us but it'll so. be fine
3: <laughs> <laughs> in one semester you will you were able to go from super offended to calling it your best class or maybe yeah. that, maybe some of that came with more reflection but how, what changed was it education or was it something else
0: i think it was just learning to be outside of myself um I mean, I went to UW-Madison. It's still a very white school. Um, It's better than Cedarburg, but still not great. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was forced to just step outside of myself and realize the world does not revolve around me. It does not revolve around my color. There are other issues that are at play here. And I need to be somebody that fights those head on.
1: Mm. I I think, and I wasn't in your class, but I also think about the, the theory of a cohort. Mm -hmm. while you are struggling through, reading through, trying to figure out that you've got 20 other people that are doing it with you so that you're not isolated. It's not somebody calling you out and you have to figure it out and unpeel all those layers all by yourself, not being sure, not having anyone to ask. That cohort of people is what I feel like we're trying to foster with Bridge the Divide, that there are people who see each other all the time here who could say, ooh, this was a hard one. Maybe we should talk it through. And you have someone else to bounce it off of. And mm-hmm. I, I've got to believe that that's helpful Absolutely, when you're struggling through something. Hmm. What about our friend Austin?
2: Yeah, I think uh, my experience was more similar to Abby's experience because we were in the same graduating class. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting, Annika, hearing you talk about how you have these two different factions mm-hmm. in your class and you are having these discussions. Mm-hmm. And I just I just think back to my time in high school and we weren't having these discussions. We weren't no. having these discussions within the people that thought like us, within those groups, mm-hmm. and with the people who thought differently from us. So it you know, even if it might be tense, it it makes me yeah. feel like things have changed, probably no, yeah, in 100%. Cedarburg.
4: I feel like like especially with like rising in social media and everything like that it's been it's been forcing these conversations too because like you see people's instagram stories like they're posting like the black lives matter things or the all lives matter things and it's forcing us to either call them out sit in silence or just drop friends and all these other things we have to navigate mm. these different dynamics so yeah 100 percent for sure mm-hmm.
2: and so i know that when i was in high school i didn't I didn't really have any kind of racial consciousness or awareness. It mm. just wasn't something you talked about with your your students. Teachers didn't really bring it up. I actually, when I think about classes that did start to make me understand race in a different way, I think about A Push as well. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think part of that is because that Love curriculum that is standardized by the College Board. Yeah, mm. and they don't get the same kind of censorship mm-hmm. oh, that the school district might get. Mm-hmm. That, that's the way I read into that. Um, and another thing I want to bring up too is that uh, you know I recently had a history teacher at CHS reach out to me. And he mentioned that he had been censored um, and his department had been censored when they had tried to update their social studies curriculum at the Cedarburg High School. Really? So, you know, I think, I think that the reason we got a good glimpse into, you know, the reality of this country's racial history in push is because that curriculum is standardized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 100%. I, I really enjoyed that class. And that was kind of one of my first, the first things that kind of, you know, started to open the door in my head to understanding, you know, mm-hmm. what, you know. You know, to not be white in America means. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm more of an introvert, I think, than Abby. So you know, my my first experiences with kind of unlearning a lot of things were on the internet. I remember, and this uh, this is a little bit embarrassing to say, I think, but uh, it's okay, my, we won't tell anybody. It's just us. <laughs> it's fine. this is all private, right? Uh, my first experiences with unlearning things were on Tumblr on the internet. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. learned a lot, and you know, there's a lot of content on that website that you know, isn't, isn't great, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a mess. That website, it was a mess, it a is a mess bit. probably, but... It <laughs> still is. I, I learned a lot on that website, and it kind of pushed me to start rethinking things and reconsidering things, and and I think that's the power of social media no, and of the yeah. internet. Because when you grow up in these communities that are mostly white, mm-hmm. if you're just talking with other white people, you're not going to get another experience or hear about something else unless you have access, which the internet could do for you.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say that when we... Uh, were in school in 2012 like social media was a thing but it was not as big as it is now oh, at yeah. mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. um I mean I can't think of a single racial or diversity issue that was
1: tackled through social media mm-hmm. when we mm-hmm. were in school right okay. let's uh go over to a break and talk mm-hmm. some more about social media when we come back was talking a little bit about social media and it and it reminded me of the social media struggles for the adults in our community so not just uh, the the students, not just former students that this is something that has I don't know if it's a trickle effect I don't know if if we had social media back when when we were young if if this would have been happening then too but there are adults on a daily basis that are a part of Cedarburg um, that post things, that that share things, that make comments that just make me cringe. I cringe Mm -hmm. and I have to each time decide if I have enough energy today Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. fight that one. If I have a partner in crime (laughs) that can help me fight this one or if it's one of the groups where I'm in there by myself and I just can't, Today is not the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do believe that the the call in versus call out culture it is a thing. The way that I address things isn't necessarily trying to embarrass you or shame you. Some people are doing that all by themselves, you know, and you can just kind of stand back and go, mm, mm-hmm. I, I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. But I think that when you don't respond, that's when people say, well, I've been saying this, you know, the last three days and nobody ever says anything so it must be okay so that's kind of a a dynamic of when you have to say something each time even if it's on social media or when you just can't and you have to kind of stop and back
4: away so i really like, how do you how do you go about kind of like addressing these kind of comments i am not a i was gonna say i'm not a debater but that's
1: probably not true <laughs> i, I I prefer in this conversation not to debate because I don't want to debate debate my humanity with someone who thinks that I don't have it. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. have to prove my worth to you. I I am a great and wonderful and full fledged human being, whether you believe it or not.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: However, trying to change people's minds a nugget at a time, I'm not trying to fight you with the facts. Maybe because I haven't read the articles, I don't have articles to to show you and give you. But did you just say? well, you know, I hope that those protesters aren't coming up from Milwaukee to cause problems. Well, let's just look at your words. Are, are all protesters from Milwaukee? Are all people from Milwaukee troublemakers? Are all protesters, you know, just just kind to trying to take each little bit of what you're saying to say it's not all. You're, you're stereotyping people. Mm-hmm. You're putting people into, you're pigeonholing people and i want to pull you out of that to then maybe expand your mind expand your thought process but it's not me trying to prove you right cuz that's not that's not my job i don't have to prove that i'm right cuz mm-hmm. i wouldn't be saying it if i didn't think that i was right and and that's not my goal but mm-hmm. i think that's also why people get frustrated with me because i'm not trying to debate i don't i don't debate on social media cuz i don't have time to pull the facts to prove to you anything so mm-hmm. That's why we have to layer up. I need a debater on my team. <laughs> so Anika. the debater can go. Well, well. So I'm going to tap in Anika. i like, go, get him. Okay. I mean,
3: so much of what Bridge is about is doing this in community. Yeah. And so we've seen the value of people being together in person or sharing the common goal of wanting to self-reflect and to grow. Um, so I don't, I don't know that – I mean, you do a nice job when you do it. And I – I know it's maddening when you see just overt racism it or stare stereoty- It's maddening.
1: And the exact same people who they will start their rant with, I am not a racist, but that's always you're like, a tip what? Did, mm-hmm.
4: did you read all the stuff that you just wrote? If you have to clarify, yeah. <laughs> that's usually an indicator. Right. All those. Right.
3: Anytime someone does, <laughs> right. does that statement. Yeah. I'm not this, but. But. You know, you're yeah, you're probably that.
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then what do you, I have a question and it may be for Austin. About um, the AP class, why do you think, aside from being standardized, maybe they're standardizing stuff with what a college level is, why do you think people are afraid in a high school setting to talk about hard stuff that two years after high school you're going to be involved in? Like, Why does it have to be an AP class? Why is it not every history class? What why not? I, I don't understand that. I don't know if you understand it, but... Yeah, I don't... That's a really big question. <laughs>
2: and I don't know the answer to it. Yeah. I don't know the answer.
1: Are you, are you? Is your brain truly not fully formed in 10th grade that you can't talk about something that you can talk about in 12th grade? Like What, well,
3: what do you think it's no, political, though? Do it. you think that people look at issues around diversity and equity and inclusion and automatically say that's a progressive liberal issue and we're conservative in this town. Do you think it's political, like partisan? Like we can't talk about that because then we're going down this slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Instead of like there's nuance and people can believe a lot of different things and have these conversations and still... I
2: don't know. I think there is – I think media can play into this a little bit. Yeah. I think, you know, the conversation around race is really mediatized in this country. Yep. And depending on which news source you listen to, you're going to get a very different viewpoint and very different set of news mm-hmm. on on any racial issue that's going on. And I think I get the impression that the school board doesn't want to change the status quo. The status quo mm-hmm. kind of works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're concerned that if they push anything that you know doesn't agree with what people think based on maybe what they've seen either on social media, on the news, whatever – then they're going to get a lot of pushback, and they mm-hmm. get a lot of pushback on a lot of things anyway right. in Cedarburg, so they probably mm-hmm. don't want to do that. I get the impression that's part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of suburban schools are very community-focused as well, um, so there's a lot of community support, and I think that's true for Cedarburg. I, don't quote me on it, but oh, yeah. in my time there, mm-hmm. they turn to the community members for a lot of support, but that is not true in a lot of city schools or I guess colleges where it's just based off the students and what they need to know Mm -hmm. to be progressive adults in the future. Mm. Um, So I think that has a lot. You don't want to piss off your community members Mm -hmm. by teaching something that might be different in the school system. Yeah.
4: I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I think about um, Heidi and I, we had this conversation the other day, um, you really pointed out that Cedarburg really reacts well to shame. Mm-hmm. When you shame us, compared to the other school districts <laughs> mm-hmm. and the ones around us, mm-hmm. and we were talking, I think it was with regards to like AC, was it ACT stuff or was it? It was that and yeah. Any any
3: way that we're not at the number level one, of like other one, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Any way that we're falling behind or not mm-hmm. cutting edge. Mm-hmm. No,
4: yeah, and yeah. I would I would just I would encourage Cedarburg to instead of being afraid of falling behind the status quo to be the ones that are actually leading it this time that is what i see that too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we can and we have the student support like granted i did say it is very divided Mm there is that but there is also very a very strong liberal like core like within this school so i think that if we can kind of make our i want to say like our platform, I guess, make it a little bit more palatable for mm-hmm. the people around us, mm-hmm. if we can push that and be more diplomatic with the way that we present our issues, mm-hmm. I think we can actually make change. Mm-hmm. So. We,
3: we talk about this, like, we don't necessarily agree with every Black Lives Matter tenet. Correct. It's, it's, mm-hmm. There's an attitude there. One of the things on their website is we want to dismantle the, the nuclear family. So that that's not something I personally agree with. Right. Mm-hmm. You guys can you know agree or disagree right. yeah. i have a nuclear i have right mm-hmm. so i love my little family Right. i understand right. that other families can look different right
1: but it's not my goal to dismantle right so, right if it is how to accept and support and 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 love on a family that's not a nuclear family that right. looks like yours that, then I that get behind. you need to do right but i right. think
3: that you maybe somebody would go on the black lives matter website and see something like that and think okay i cannot get behind any part of this movement because so people are I don't think there's enough nuance in the discussion. There's mm-hmm. just categories. Yeah. Like you're mm-hmm. either Black Lives Matter or all lives matter. You're mm-hmm. either we hate the police or we, we back the police. It's and to me, it just doesn't it doesn't neatly fit into those categories. Right, mm-hmm.
1: right. And that's why you need conversation and not social media posts that will say they'll put out the one extreme. Right. And say this is it. Well, you don't have a nuanced balanced conversation right. on social media no in in person maybe you can do that maybe there can maybe that can work i, I think
3: austin's video and comments uh at the school board Ooh, has everybody seen austin's video if not
1: it's on our page you and should we'll go to the we'll of it, facebook page
3: we'll link it in the, in the show <laughs> notes which i'm sure he's thrilled about yeah <laughs> but i think what what you brought up there and what has always been my thought too is that you are not getting people ready to be the kind of leaders in today's changing society if you don't have these conversations earlier. I'm looking at this as a college professor saying all we talk about is are social disparities and health inequities. If you've never had any conversations about systemic injustice in K through 12, you're not going to be able to, you're going to first have to do the work of implicit bias Mm -hmm. in college, you know, if you don't have any of that. So I think, and for instance, we're going to holistic admissions practices in college. That's a trend. So if you keep continuing to focus on an ACT score, instead of leaders making people to be leaders who can demonstrate their leadership and nuanced thinking in an interview, then you're actually not preparing your students Mm -hmm. to be ready. So I think, I think we are not doing our students a service by keeping them in this status quo, mm-hmm. and we're not being forward thinking. So, uh, mm-hmm. if nothing else, Cedarburg School District, consider that.
4: How do you start those conversations? And like, how do you begin, kind of like dipping your toe into the abyss that is <laughs> racial issues and inequalities in the world? I I really
1: believe that we have to still realize that we are all individuals who came from two generations or you know or your your mom you were taught all of these things already so you come as a fully formed adult if you're the teacher or the principal or on the school board Mm -hmm. you already have all these ideas you can't just was our start stop continue you can't just stop thinking one way and then make a, a, a 180 and go the other way they need the time as individuals to understand their implicit bias Mm -hmm. to to do some introspection to say wow I I guess if I think that way I'm probably sharing that bias with my students and not realizing that I am so I think that you have to actually get some individual work done you have to make it a priority Mm -hmm. everybody already has too much work to do so if you don't make it a priority then your teachers are not going to learn new ways to think new ways to handle situations and it's just I think you've got to start with those individuals Mm -hmm. so
3: more after the break yeah So in the break, we started going off on the status quo and why people don't want to change. And and our producer made the comment that what he's hearing us all saying is that we need to change, and what we're up against is the status quo and that people don't necessarily have an impetus to change here. Why? If you think you're doing things that are really successful and you're getting ranked number one or two in the state, why do you think you have a problem if you have no perspective outside of this community which i know some people do Mm -hmm. but some are choosing not Mm -hmm. to go there
1: you got a lot of social capital to lose if you stand up you do
3: there's not a lot of reason for you to want to go through that process of looking inwardly or looking outwardly so we have to think about how do we motivate people in change management theory it's talk we talk about unfreezing So, you have these attitudes, you have the status quo. How do you get people to start letting go of that and consider what you are bringing before them?
1: You need to ask young people. Young people tell us how to do that. (laughs) They're like, I have been starting
0: with my family. Mm. Um, Not all of them, but some of them. And it is really, I think the hardest people to stand up to are the people you're close to. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I figured that's where I would start. Um, I like that. And just go for it. Uh, it sort of worked. Um, I have now decided that every holiday I'll be wearing a political shirt to <laughs> see, to just, you know, Can you send this break video? the ice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you have to start within your own circles, um, or a circle that's next to you. So you can try to find some common ground. If you can find one thing mm-hmm. that you're like, you know what? We both agree on this. Mm-hmm. Then you can be like, okay, so why don't we agree on this other thing? Um, but I think it's hardest to talk to people that you're closest to, mm-hmm. so that's where I decided to start. It's worked okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I like that, and it's ten people, not a thousand people, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly.
2: Yeah, I've been doing that as well, Abby. Um, I, I mean, my thinking is if I'm not going to talk to my my parents, my you know extended relatives, who else is? They might not be actively seeking out information like we are so it's kind of our duty especially as white people to have those conversations Mm -hmm. with our family
4: Mm -hmm. um i actually had a tiktok go viral recently of me arguing with my parents about politics (laughs) (laughs) so that was fun it was about uh it was juneteenth i think it was and my dad was going off about how um Oh God! Should I say this? <laughs> he was going off about like how if there are black holidays, why shouldn't there be white holidays? I'm like Paul. There every single every everyone is a, is a white holiday. What <laughs> are you talking about? And like we got into this debate about like industrial like the prison industrial complex and all this other stuff. And I was like literally reading him the 13th Amendment, and it's like no, it's like okay. But um, most of the time, he's not always like that. He's usually pretty rational. We can actually have productive conversations about that stuff. So it's just, like, he plants a seed here, I plant a seed there. We're kind of just trying to, like, intermingle our ideologies, I guess, Mm -hmm. try and find some common ground. And oftentimes we do. So, like, I find that that is—it is is effective most of the time. And with regards to, like, people more my age and, like, my own grade, I guess, I have some really close friends who are more conservative. And we actually have those, like, good discussions. Granted, it does get very heated at times, Mm -hmm. but— we both respect our we both respect each other like on a personal level first like we respect each other as humans beforehand, before anything else. and I think that's one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. So once you have that relationship, you see each other's humanity, then you can actually like, dissect each other's beliefs Mm -hmm. a little bit better without bias, yeah.
1: I think that's one of the things that's missing when you are talking to strangers. I think that's one of the reasons why why social media puts up this giant barrier because you don't know who that other is. You Mm -hmm. already have all your ideas about the other. They don't know you, so whatever you're throwing back at each other is it's in in not regarding either of their humanity, mm-hmm. so I think that's a part of two working with people that you're in relationship with in your sphere of influence because you have a relationship to start so that level of respect is there mm-hmm. to start at least when you pick up a stranger you know and that's why they do that mm-hmm. you don't know them and you're certainly not taking their humanity into account so I think that's when emotions take over
0: too oh, when yeah. you just don't know. About the other person, and then it just becomes an emotional battle
1: rather mm. than more of a rational one.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. We. I
0: also
4: think oh, wow.
1: that I. I've heard. I can't remember where because I just hear things. Um. I heard the a conversation about this being you know a whole pie, and every time those of us that have been marginalized try to say we deserve a piece of that pie that everybody else is there going, you can't take it from me. Like, Mm -hmm. well, there's, there's so much pie left. I'm not trying to take anything from you, but I would like to have the things that I deserve that I haven't been getting Mm -hmm. or, um, or just, just something about the, the rational, the rational conversation of, I don't want you to give me something I don't deserve, Mm -hmm. but I deserve humanity and respect and love and the job that I'm qualified for and the
3: interview uh, oh, the mm. interview
1: that, that I deserve to get that you didn't because that name looked really strange to you. And you somehow let that one slip off the table and it wasn't in the last five. I, I this is what I want people to get. I'm, I think it always feels like if I give you something, you're taking something from me and I don't want to give it up. So I don't want to give you anything. There's enough pie people. There's enough pie, mm-hmm. plenty of pie to go around.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm. Yeah. I, I was studying the difference between conservative and progressive values. And really what you guys are saying is if we can find common goals, usually it's people have different ways of getting there. They think, you know, they that's the main difference between, like, the two political sides is that people think, you know, this will do it and other people think this will do it. And I think what's true is that we all, in our district, is that we all want students to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe our view is... A little more focused on the social, emotional um, future of, of students and people. And even though we are ninety-five percent white in our district, and it seems like maybe this wouldn't have to be an issue that we have to look at, I think we have to even more because we want people to be good citizens and to take care of other people mm-hmm. and to be able to have empathy when they're reacting in in their workplace. And that they're, you know, we've seen people get fired because they don't know how to have a conversation with someone who's not like them or, mm-hmm. or to interact with someone unlike them. So I think we're asking the district and the school board to think about the long-term effects of students' education on mind, body, spirit, mm-hmm. and academics. It's not just the numbers. You have to have a bigger perspective, especially mm-hmm. in today's um, culture.
1: You're not going to be ready if you don't consider that. So, but you know what that means it. That also means that those of us who are attacking the same problem as we get to our common ground, if it's a very much a moral issue for me and it's not for you, mm-hmm. then continuing to have that fight, we're not going to get anywhere. I have to, at least sometimes, concede that I don't have to fight with you about a moral issue, but I will take a step back and talk to you about the successful Mm-hmm. citizens in a multicultural democracy mm-hmm. and and that is a step that I have to take then because that's not what my passion is are you saying as a white school board at Yale
3: yes yes
1: <laughs> yes that, that yeah stepping into that role if you right
3: if you can't get behind that there's systemic racism in America yet because you've no, done no work on it and it it feels threatening to you mm-hmm. then can you at least consider getting your students ready For a full, healthy life and in community with other people.
1: And not as a performative measure saying, if I do this, then y'all will get off my back. Nope. But hopefully you'll do it because it's right. Mm -hmm. And that'll be one step forward that you're taking. But it's not something that you're going to do to make us stop doing something else. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe they won't come to every single board meeting and have 16 people speak every time if we do this no, nah, we're
4: still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I have noticed not, I mean, on a more, like, m- micro level with the staff individually, like, they have been taking into account more, like, mental health issues. And, like, we have been having those conversations about, like, our psychology and stuff. I think most of that is also because we have an amazing, like, staff that teaches AP Psych. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, you have, like, the sophomore class, like, and onwards, like, we're all, we have that, like, base knowledge in our in our heads. So, like, I've definitely noticed, like, we there are a lot more... I don't want to say lenient, but they're more understanding, mm-hmm. more empathetic towards our like our struggles. So,
1: so that may be another thing in the success of your student. Mm-hmm. If you want not just a, a a brilliant student that's an entrepreneur, but that has um, healthy attitudes, coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. then we should work on what we're teaching them to help them with that
4: mm-hmm. i think they've done a i think they've Good. made some real progress in the past few years yeah it does so, sound mm-hmm. like from what you guys experienced in 2012
3: to what you're saying now there has been some progress some progress <laughs> it yeah, i was like gonna it. say mm-hmm. it sounds
0: like they're shifting their idea of success Um, I think when I graduated, it was you go to college, you get a job, you earn a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really like how to be productive in society. It was you do things to benefit yourself. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like they're changing their frame of reference for what success means.
4: No, yeah, 100%. And um, going back to like our conversation that Heidi and I had the other day. Um, One of my friends mentioned this as well. It's like some of the teachers are starting to push the narrative that like you can do other things besides just going to college. You can go to trade schools. You can go like do all these other things. You can take gap years, whatever you need. And I think it granted like it's more the more like it's the art teachers and it's the more liberal teachers, Mm -hmm. I guess, that are kind of like giving you these options or like telling you that it's okay, which like is great. But. I mean we're starting somewhere Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. slowly starting to permeate Mm -hmm. its way through the district Mm -hmm. which I think is a really good step so and I think I would like for anybody that's listening to
1: not we talked before about it's not an individual personal attack on a person Mm -hmm. or on a group of people with the good bad binary you are a bad person if you don't do this you are a good person if you do but that there is a continuum and it is a it is a constant process to move the needle forward. It's not, nothing is one thing. I've done this one thing, so I am good. So each time we see you moving forward, it it still means that we're going to say, that's great, and then how about this thing, and how about this thing? There isn't a time when you're a true change agent, right? Is there ever a time when you go, okay, change is no longer needed because we have arrived. There's always some little thing to keep going forward. So I don't ever want us to come off as just never satisfied. Well, the status quo is the world is changing. People are changing. Why would you ever be satisfied with exactly one thing where it is? That's mm-hmm. kind of how we are. Well, we're going to keep pushing. We're
3: so thankful Emily. to have these alumni and and Annika here. Um, your stories matter to us. Do. Your energy matters to us. You've given a new perspective. We have a lot of alumni, and we're hoping to connect with more current students as well and just help support change because we, we know, we know, we all know from being out of Cedarburg and being part of other conversations that this work is necessary. We don't want, like cedarburg's a little bit of the emperor in his new clothes story to me (laughs) like like look at his new you know look at my clothes the guy's naked but people are telling him his clothes look fantastic so he's just going with it we're telling you you're not wearing any clothes and we want you to listen to us right we have perspective that you need to hear for our students to be successful later on so i I do think we share that goal um thanks for
1: coming today thank you Thanks for listening. We welcome your feedback, suggestions, and any program ideas. Spoken Word Artist Propaganda states, we need to consider the waters we swim in. Maybe it's not toxic to me, but it's toxic to my neighbor. And if it's toxic to my neighbor, it's probably toxic to me too. Let's breathe better water. Contact us on our website at www.bridgethedivide.life. You can email us info at bridgethedivide.life or reach us on social media. Facebook is Bridge the Divide Community and on Instagram it's Bridge the Divide Podcast.